the house that we all love.
just went from John, which we know is one of the four Gospels. Um, we know we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's amazing how the Lord allowed them to write these books from their own perspectives as the Lord influenced them. John opens up, the book of John opens up with the oneness of God in relation to his word. It also touches from um, chapters 1 to 12, the public ministry of Christ. And then it also goes into the private ministry of Christ from verses 13, from chapters, excuse me, 13 to 17. And you know how things work most of the time when you're starting something, you work from inside out. You don't really start from outside in because it may fall apart. So the Lord used the blessed 12 that he had that he was working with internally for them to be ready to go outside into the world and for them to just expound on what the Lord was invested inside of them. And that's exactly what they did. And the result, we're all here today. Praise God. Jesus was doing so many different things while he was walking on earth. Some of us can name so many of the miracles that he has done off the back of our hands because he's done so many miraculous things. Mark had mentioned that if he wrote, if he jotted every single thing down that the Lord had did, that we wouldn't be able to walk around with the Bible the way that we do today because it would have been an innumerable amount of miracles. Most of the time when we see where Jesus was going on his different journeys, it was often for a purpose. All, all, um, all of the time it was for a purpose, I can say. The Lord wasn't never moving purposelessly. He was always going around doing something for a reason. We remember the woman at the wall, the Samaritan woman. We remember the young man that was possessed with the demons when, he, when Jesus went onto the coast, right? And we remember the woman that had the issue of blood. Jesus was always going around his journey, about his journeys for a reason. It was with purpose. Oftentimes today, I'm speaking for myself, when you know are about doing your daily routines, whether it's work, whether it's school, whatever it may be, you see that sometimes you feel like, what am I doing this for? You don't feel, you know, that fullness inside of you, right? But as children of God, we have to walk in life with purpose. Everything that we do has to be in purpose and for a purpose, praise God. Because now that Jesus has come into our life, we're in his marvelous light, praise the Lord. So we're no longer, no longer walking in darkness. When a, person's in, uh, when a person's blind, they're in darkness. They're not able to see anything. And it's a horrible state of, it's a horrible condition. Because you don't know how you look at yourself in the mirror. You don't know how you look. You don't know your friends, your family, you only know them by voice and by touch. Praise God. So if you put yourself like that spiritually, you see that it's not a good thing for you to be in darkness. Praise God. But the word of God says that we have to have the mind of Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible said that the mind that is within God, within Christ Jesus, should also be within us. Praise God. So when we have the mind of Christ, our eyes are open. Praise the name of Jesus. We don't walk about like the same way that we used to hear, that we used to walk. I know that we hear it time and time again, but when you walk in the mind of Christ, there's a purpose for you in everything that you do. Praise the Lord. Jesus now, like I mentioned, does everything in purpose. When you think about the beginning, I'm sure about maybe 80% of messages that you hear 
or sermons that you hear, you will often hear the person who might be bringing forth the word refer back to the beginning. And that's just the way that things go. You know, you have to start from the foundation. So when we look back in the beginning from day one to five, we see where the Lord took his time in creating everything, right? He founded the seas. He made the moon. He made the sun, the galaxy, praise God. He made animals. He made fruit. He made mankind on the sixth day, and he took his time, right? God said that all of these things was good. Why was God creating all of these things? We were going over it in youth service. Why was the Lord creating all of these things? Why would a God that's never hungry or a God that never sleeps or a God that doesn't need anything, you know, temporal, why was he creating all of these things? Why did he say that it was good, right? If you think about uh, a couple that is expecting, you know, and they're excited for them to, you know, bring the baby home and whatsoever, before they bring their, their child's home, you know, they start making preparation. They're thinking about what color to paint the child's room, you know, what lining you want to put in the crib, Mickey Mouse, whatever it may be. You start to formulate all of those things, right? Because you're getting ready to bring something new into your home, praise God. So the Lord was taking his time creating all of these things for you and I, praise the Lord. Because he knew that he was not creating it for himself. He doesn't need all of those things. He was creating it for us, right? That's just the love that God has for us, praise the Lord. So we know the story of mankind, what happened. We need our Savior to redeem our soul. When the fullness of time came, when it was at hand, Jesus came and he walked the earth. Now, Jesus Christ was one of the most famous people to walk this life. No matter what census you may see out there, people that are famous and how many followers and so forth and so forth, Jesus was one of the most famous people that walked this life. Can you imagine if you have all of these things going on in your life and you don't know who to turn to or talk to? Everyone left their homes and was following after him because everybody had a need, praise God. And God knows what he was doing. But there came a time where the Lord was over to going over to Jerusalem and there was a man that was laying for 38 years, praise God, going back to the scripture. Now, they said that where those that were named were at was called Beth, 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 excuse me, Beth Asada, right? Beth Asada, thank you, co-pastor. So they said that's where they were gathered at, and it's called the House of Mercy. Now, um, it was said in old times that's where people that had different type of um, infirmities and so forth would go for like rest. There weren't just people that couldn't walk. There was people that had things going on with their vision, their you know hearing, all of those things, and they would just go there to get rest. That was where shade was at, and all of those things that was there to provide comfort. Praise God. So there was a whole bunch of people there with different issues and different problems. Now in verse four, the scripture says that there was a certain season where an angel will go down and touch the waters in order for people to get their healing in that season, praise God. And Jesus, out of all those people that was there, Jesus Christ saw this man that was lame for 38 years. Now, oftentimes what I do when I think about stuff, especially when I was in my studies, I would oftentimes put myself as closely as possible that I can to what it is that I'm trying to learn about. So when you think 
about it, if you didn't have any legs, if you wasn't able to walk. If we remember when we was coming up in school, there may have been times where we was going, you know, to do race, um, race competitions with our friends, right? Or we want to go for a stroll in the park, or we want to go around to the, to the store. This man couldn't do any of those things. He couldn't go around to the local market or to social gatherings, right? Or to anything that, you know, you, you need your life for you to be able to do. This thing, that was, that um, privilege was taken from this person because he couldn't walk. So he couldn't do those things that we basically take for granted day by day, right? We can imagine that it was hard for him to find a living, to find a good occupation, for him to start a family, right? Because we know how human beings are. Not a lot of women are gonna want to commit to someone that, you know, cannot walk, right? A lot of people are not willing to do that. It's nothing wrong with doing that, but be honest with ourselves, how many would, right? It was different back then. Now we see different aids. We have wheelchairs, walkers, all of these different things that help people that are paralyzed. But can you imagine what was going on back there? Maybe back then, maybe those things weren't around, right? So all of those things was taken away from this man. You can imagine the amount of people that probably went in the pool before him. And him sitting there and watching those people get their healing. Watching those people's lives change while he was still there for 38 years. Watching all of those people to go get their healing from that pool. Praise God. But you see the revelation of this beautiful event that happened in the book of John. Is that that man didn't need water or an angel to come and give him his healing. But he needed the healing power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is what he needed. Praise God. You see sometimes in life we're looking for answers and for things in the wrong direction. And th we're thinking that it's going to come from this side. But we're tunnel vision and we don't see that our blessing is going to come from the other side. That our breakthrough is going to come from the other side. Because we're dependent upon people and upon things. The man made an excuse. He said, I don't have nobody to, take, to help me, to carry me to the pool. That's an excuse. Because when we need something from God, we're not waiting on nobody to help us to get it, praise God. We have to get to know Jesus Christ for ourselves. We have to take up our bed and walk for ourselves. Nobody's going to carry it for us. Nobody will carry it for me, praise God. God wants us to look to him as the source of our survival. He wants us to look to him as our healer, as our doctor, as our companion, as our friend. Where was the young man's mother? Where was the young man's father? Where was his friends? Where were everybody around for 38 years? The Bible don't mention that, but where were they? You see, saints of God, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. We're going to find ourselves in a rut, praise God. If we look to friends, hallelujah. If we look to the president, hallelujah. If we look to our mother, if we look to our father, if we look to the telephone, we're going to find ourselves in a problem. Hallelujah. Abraham said, when he won the war, when Abraham won the war, hallelujah, with the king of Sodom, the king of Sodom said, here, split these spoils. You take some, and I take some. Abraham said, I'm not doing it. Because if I do it, you're going to say that you made me rich. And you're not going to give God the glory. You're going to say that you're the one who gave it to me. Say to God, when you pray for somebody, Pray for them from the heart, praise God. 
Jesus is the one who was able to give that man what he needed. Tunnel vision is a very, very, a very, very dangerous thing. When you have your mind, your eyes, like a tunnel like this, you don't have peripheral vision. You're not able to see what's coming in the sides. You're not able to see what's coming behind you because you're just going like this. Yes, we're pressing towards the mark, but we have to be vigilant. We have to have our eyes open, praise God. As I'm holding this light, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Lord knows that I'm not perfect, but I know that I'm, we're not at the same place that we was yesterday, praise God. We're trying to push forward, but we have to be vigilant. We gotta have our eyes open, hallelujah, looking forward, but also looking to the sign. Praise the name of Jesus. So the man's excuses didn't help him. You see, there was a strategic order when the man was waiting for his healing. There was a line in his eyes. There was a line. And there was a strategic order. Praise the name of Jesus. Some of us don't like to wait. We don't like the waiting process. But when we wait is where God gives us that experience. And the Bible says that experience does with hope. And hope make it not a shame. For the love of God is shed. Hallelujah. Upon our hearts. Praise the name of Jesus. And they said, all right, let's do it. 
Joseph's father, Jacob, loved him so much that he made a coat of many colors for him. And you know what his brothers did? They took that coat that they knew that their father had made for him. They went and killed the animal and dipped it in blood. Right? And that and um, Joseph was dear to his father's heart. They went and took it and they dipped it in blood and said, let's go give it to our dad and tell our dad what happened. That um, he, he got killed. So now they go back. Jacob is grieved, right? But he believed his sons. So now Joseph is going through so much, but he always kept his integrity. And while he was in Potiphar's house, there were some false accusations coming up against him, right, of immorality. And Joseph didn't do any of those things, but he kept his integrity. And Joseph had to go through prison, hallelujah. He had to go through being neglected, being by himself, feeling abandoned. Mighty God, my brothers betray me. My father thinks that I'm dead, and I'm down here in this jail cell. Praise the name of Jesus. But you think Joseph had patience, praise the name of Jesus. And God exalted him when it was his time to be exalted, because he waited upon the Lord. And you know what we have learned from the story? It's never good for you to try to be a stumbling block to somebody because you ain't going to go nowhere. Because guess what? At the end of the day, Joseph's dream still came true. And they were eating out of the palm of their brother's hand by God because the dream still came true. When God has something for you, nobody can take it from you. It's for you. Nobody can steal that from you.
know what happens behind closed doors. And you claim that you want to be like that. I'm not saying that it's good for you to have people you know that you hold to a certain esteem and say, wow, that's beautiful. That's good. But I don't want what you got. So they're running, both of them is running together 
finished the race. Can you believe that that person that could have went ahead and, went ahead and, and um, finished the race and won, stopped, went to pick up that other person and helped them to get to the finish line. And I say it, it's almost like it brings tears to my eyes because that's how we're supposed to be. Because the race is not for the swift, neither the battle for the strong. this from me. 
angel come. There, there should have been a line of priests, but there was no priest. That means that those priests, if it was not from the temple, those priests had to walk by. Those that, that pull on a daily basis, and none of them even stop to say, let me try to help these people. Right next to the temple. Things of God, we have to get ready. Because the Bible says the drunkards and the harlots are going to make it into the kingdom before God's own people. Hallelujah. Don't underestimate the person that you see walk through these doors. They're going to come in. Don't under, underestimate them. Because those are going to be the next ministers that you see. Those are going to be the next preachers that you see. Because they're willing. And they're not going to sell out because they're tired. I'll never forget it was like yesterday. When that 14-year-old girl walked to the back of the church, praise God, tired of friendship, tired of all the things that the world had to offer, praise God, and I knew that I was next, praise the name of Jesus, to be in the graveyard. If I didn't put on Jesus, I knew that I was next to be found dead on the road side. I knew that I was next for my life to end up in hell. But I also knew that day that I was next to be in the baptism pool.
He'll do it for us. But we have to take up our stuff and we have to go forward. If we want to be nice, we have to be prepared to be nice. We have to know how to handle what God is going to give us in order for us to be nice. When the man received his healing, guess what? It was on the Sabbath. And the scribes and Pharisees came and they said, Who healed you? Instead of rejoicing with this man that couldn't walk for 38 years, they said, Who healed you? And by then Jesus was gone. And the, the man said, I don't know, you know, I, he, he's gone. So that means that the scribes and the Pharisees must have known this blind man, this man that couldn't walk. They must have known him. Because how did you know he received healing then? So they must have seen him on all the time. And instead of rejoicing, they was upset. Goes to show you how sometimes things can be. Saints of God, when it's your brother or sister's time to be next, don't be upset. Rejoice with that person when it's their time to be next. Because that means that God is still operating. That means that God is still moving. Some people think that God is hiring and that God needs help to be God. He's not hiring and he doesn't need our help to do anything. He's God all by himself. Praise God. Your time is coming. It will come. But you see, sometimes God sees our condition and our state. We remember the, the person that had the talents. All he had was one. And God just asked him, asked him, the um, servant just asked him to multiply on that one. And he went and buried it. Flesh and blood was shed. God don't have time for that. So if we're not ready to be next, God is not going to give it to us. Doesn't mean that he don't want to give it to us. But if he finds us in the state that we're in and we're not ready to be next, He's not going to give it to us. Amen. He will give it to someone else that is ready to be next. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. And we can't be upset about that. Amen. God is a God that's fair. He's a God of justice. Amen. We can't be mad. But when you're ready to be next, Amen. God will know. When you're ready to be next, praise the name of Jesus. He will give it to you. He will. Some of us have so many different needs. So many different desires, so many different challenges. God is able, saints of God, and I'm not just saying it to say it, but God is truly able. But what he's waiting for us sometimes is to move, us to move so that he can be able to do the rest because he will not force himself on us. Trust God. Show God that you want to be nice. If you want the Holy Ghost, show God that you want to be nice to get the Holy Ghost. Show God that you're thirsty. Show God that you need it. You will be nice in line. But just allow God to exalt you. Hallelujah. In due time. Praise God. Thanks of God. Whatever you may need is all in Jesus. Amen. This man that couldn't walk believed that one day his healing was going to come from that water. But he didn't know that living water was right there before him. Praise God. And it wasn't going to come from there. It don't matter what sickness, what problem. 
Thank you. 